The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of royal peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Mr. President, we know each other for a long time. Our meetings have always been candid, straightforward, and useful. I value our conversation because I think it's paramount that you and I understand each other clearly, leader to leader, with no misconceptions or miscommunication. We have to ensure that competition does not veer into conflict. And we also have to manage it responsibly. We're walking out. Thanks, guys. Walking Thanks, Press. We are moving, guys. We are moving. We are moving. We gotta go, guys. We're going back this way. How did it go, Mr. President? Everybody's up and moving. Everybody's up and moving. Guys, we're moving. Are you getting what you want? Thank you. Thank you. See you tomorrow. Mr. President, after today, would you still refer to President Xi as a dictator? This is a term uh, that you used earlier this year. Well, look, he is. I mean, he's a dictator in the sense that he, he is the guy who runs a country that is uh, a communist country that's based on a form of government totally different than ours. I don't want to get ahead of myself here because I don't know what's happened in the last four hours, but uh, I have uh, we've gotten great uh, cooperation from the Qataris. Uh, I've spoken with them as well a number of times. I think the pause and that is really that the Israelis have agreed to is down to log in too much detail. I, I know Mr. Secretary I'm going to stop. The uh, but I am I am mildly hopeful. I made it clear to the Israelis I think it's a big mistake for them to think they're going to occupy Gaza and maintain Gaza. I don't think that works. And so we're going to I think you're going to see efforts to uh, bring along. Well, I shouldn't go in anymore because that's been things I've been negotiating with Arab countries and others about what the next steps are. The only thing missing from that montage is the part where President Xi cuts the million dollar checks to the fake president, uh, Jim Biden, Hunter Biden, the whole family, maybe even the nieces and the nephews. 
You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. Of course, you can get to the live video stream of this show at TrumpetDaily.com. Also, you can go over to the Rumble channel and join the conversation. That's rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily. Be sure, be sure to leave us the thumbs up if you uh, watch us on Rumble. So what a, what a victory for the communist Chinese, for the Chinese dictator, President Xi. He comes out as the clear victor here. I mean, again, the, the Bidens are going to benefit in their own special way. But this is, I mean, this is perfect for China. What is the, uh, the article over at Unheard? Xi Jinping should have entered San Francisco's APEC conference with his tail between his legs, but instead has emerged as something closer to the king of the world. I mean, I'm old enough to remember that when President Trump went over and uh, what was it, Helsinki, I think it was, the press conference with Putin, Jake Tapper and company thought that that was going to trigger World War III. Or, or maybe the time when he shook the hand of the North Korean dictator in the demilitarized zone. World War III was coming. Now we've got wars all over the world. And we've got, we've got the fake president. Behind him is the puppet master. We'll get to him in just a second. But we've got the fake president rolling out the red carpet, cleaning up the streets of San Francisco. I think they had a fireworks uh, show last night and a rock concert, all in tribute to this Chinese dictator who abuses people in his own nation. That's right. Just like, what if, can you even imagine how heads would have exploded had, uh, had Donald Trump invited uh, Vladimir Putin over to San Francisco, put up all the barracks, allowed the Russian flags to fly and the Russian anthem to blare, and then had a fireworks display and, and uh, a nice concert for President Putin to enjoy. And then all the kind words. And then the banter about, uh, you know, your car and my car. It's unbelievable. And, and nobody seems bothered by this. As I've played for you this week, they still go on and on. The 25th uh, Amendment, we've got we've to get rid of Trump that way. He's not even in office. Is there nothing else worth reporting other than bad orange man? Evidently not. The king of the world, it says China may be experiencing tepid growth, a bloated real estate market, low industrial production, and an increasingly alienated youth. Yet in spite of these factors... Xi appears to be wearing the crown. He, you can be sure, he knew about the optics of this. He, he knew he was going up against this, this, this declining fake president that he had to come out looking like king and he had to have laid out the demands before even deciding to show up. It's got to be this way. It's, the optics have to be just so. And he got it. He wouldn't have come otherwise. So he comes to the United States, and I'm sure the consulate over there near San Francisco, I'm sure it was involved in getting out all the, the pro-communist Chinese supporters and make sure all the flags are waving high. The world needs to see this, after all. 
the Unheard article. It says, to reach for this kind of power, being a dictator, is helpful. One can force an agenda on one's nation and the world without worrying too much about the domestic critics. It certainly works with foreigners. After all, Xi's mere presence has led San Francisco to clean itself up, something it has not managed for the last decade. Can't even clean their own streets until the Chinese dictator shows up. What does that say about all of these blue state or blue city mayors and these blue state governors? You have, uh, you have and, it, and it's not just the fake president, Gavin Newsom too, just groveling before the feet of this dictator. They love the communist leaders. They hate Donald Trump and they hate all of his supporters. Tells you everything that you need to know. It, it, it reveals what they are in their heart of hearts. They are communists. They admire the dictatorial powers of President Xi. I mean, they make an exception when they talk about Putin. He's the only enemy in the world that we need to continually pour billions and billions of dollars into resisting. It says here, it's worth... It's also worth comparing Xi to his counterparts. Beside him, Western leaders are doing little to impress, not least his host, the doddering Joe Biden, whose own party does not even want him to run. There's not a Churchill, Roosevelt, or even Reagan in the bunch. Here, what, this is the times of the Gentiles. What your Bible terms the times of the Gentiles. These Gentile leaders, including Putin, they are ascendant. And then you, got, you, ha- you have Western leaders. I mean, Biden joked yesterday about Gavin Newsom taking over his job because he's got such a, such a bright future. It says here, what's more, China now has a freer hand militarily. Tied down in Ukraine and the Middle East, the Institute for Strategic and International Studies has warned that the West now lacks sufficient residual inventories for training and to execute war plans. What an opening this leaves China as they set their sights now on Taiwan. And of course, we've had a lot to say about that takeover, that eventual takeover at the uh, thetrumpet.com as well. They don't have the, the resources to start another war, do they? I mean, Carolyn Glick was on this show and said basically that the the storehouses of military hardware, America's military hardware in Israel, that a lot of them have been emptied out because of the, the Ukraine war. <laughs> in the trumpet brief, they met, they held their first in-person meeting this, this or in a year, it says. They agreed to resume military-to-military military talks, set up a presidential hotline, and cut the flow of fentanyl into the United States. I mean, China is literally killing Americans by the tens of thousands every year. And and no one seems to mind. No one seems too bothered about it in Congress. As I say, Biden's just the, the puppet. Behind him, you have the puppet master empowering China, empowering Iran, agreeing to send 10 billion more to Iran, as I covered yesterday. And all of the talking heads in the regime media, I guess they don't seem bothered by any of this. 
They would take one press conference and tell you that World War III was coming. Now we've got wars all over the place, as I say. It's the dear leader. <laughs> He's behind it all. He's the real king. You've got King G. Boy, did he ever benefit from being in the States the past two days. But then you've got King Obama. Now, he's down in the basement. He's not as visible, but he certainly is carrying out his plan to fundamentally transform the United States. And as I've said in recent weeks, you do have more and more conservative commentators who are finally, who are finally pointing out the obvious, something that we've been saying since America Under Attack came out. Uh, and of course, it's right here on a recent issue of the Trumpet Magazine. Who's, who's really running the show? There's the dear leader. He, he's got the earphones in, and he's down in the basement. He's enjoying this. It's all part of the 15-year plan to fundamentally transform the United States, and it continues. We're heading into the 16th year here in just a bit. Listen to this. Some, uh, <laughs> an alert viewer of the Trumpet Daily sent me a link to this recent interview between Donald Trump and Brian Kilmeade over at Fox, clip four. Brian, it's all coming through Iran, and Obama wants to, he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to mention, he doesn't even mention them in his statements. It's all coming through Iran. Well, you mean President Biden. So, uh, uh, but right no, no, now... I also mean Obama. What do you mean? I mean Obama and Biden, but I, I, Obama is Biden's boss, in case you didn't really know that. Uh, you, you believe Obama, uh, you believe President Obama? In my opinion, is, the boss. I don't think I don't think Biden knows what's happening. To be honest with you, I think that Obama is calling these shots, and he's always felt this way about Iran. There's no question about that. No, I think Obama and Obama's people certainly are calling the shots, not Biden. So, so you don't have any, this. Just your gut tells you, uh, but you don't have any proof that President Obama is calling the shots. No, it's my gut, but yeah. my gut's been right about everything. So, it's good. They have an expression out there. Trump's been right about everything. You take a look and go down the list. We've been right about everything. So you know how involved right the Middle the East war. is. We're right about all of the people pouring into our country. We're right about Ukraine. We're right about everything. So what do we do? And, uh, what do, what no, do we do about getting our people back? There are a lot of a lot of people. A lot of people from Obama in the administration that circled the Oval Office desk, the Resolute desk, and uh, it's one of those things. But uh, whether it's whether that's the case or it's Biden. We are in a mess right now. Wow, that's quite a statement. He knows, you see. He knows. He knows about the basement puppet master. That's an astounding comment from Donald Trump. You can see why they fear. I mean, Kilmeade, for his part, he thought he, he had another <laughs> slip up. But uh, then Trump says, no, 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 I, I actually mean Obama. He is Joe Biden's boss. Isn't it crazy to think that this is going on in the United States of America? And you've got all of the department heads yesterday, Mayorkas and Chris Ray. They're testifying. They can't really reveal anything. You know, sources, methods, that kind of thing. They all report to Obama, too. They, they all were part of the, the steal. At least the FBI was. You had the guy confronting... Um, Chris Ray yesterday about the the buses. If you can find that one, that's further on. See if you can play the uh, the congressman questioning Chris Ray. Can you confirm that the FBI 
had that sort of engagement with your own agents embedded within the crowd on January 6th. If you are asking whether the violence at the Capitol on January 6th was part of some operation orchestrated by FBI sources and or agents, the answer is emphatically You're saying not. no? No. You're saying no? Not okay. violence orchestrated by FBI what? sources or agents. Are you familiar with, with, you know what a ghost vehicle is? Director, director of the FBI certainly should. You know what a ghost bus is? A ghost bus? Ghost bus. I'm not sure I've used that term before. Okay. It's pretty common in, in law enforcement. It's a, it's a vehicle that's that's used for secret purposes. It's painted over. These two buses in the middle here, they were the first to arrive at Union Station on January 6th. 0500. I have all this evidence. I'm showing you a tip of this iceberg. Mr. Chairman. These two buses Mr. are Chairman. painted completely white. These buses are nefarious in nature and were filled with FBI informants dressed as Trump supporters you, and you, deployed you, onto our Capitol on January 6th. Yeah. Major, Your day is major, coming, major Mr. Ray. That's Representative Higgins telling Chris Ray, your day is coming. He's saying, I mean, let us hope. Let us hope he brings the receipts. But there were those reports going back to January 6th. These buses loading up with all these FBI informants. Agitators, really. Why so many? And if there were so many in the crowd and they weren't instigating anything, then why didn't they help the Capitol Hill police to push back the, mo- the ones that were the most unruly? It's because they were there provoking this protest, hoping it would turn into something worse. Because they, they didn't want these senators or the state legislatures uh, looking into the evidence of election fraud. There was so much of it. The dear leader was behind that. He was behind the election steal. The wheels were in motion. If we have time, we'll get into uh, this other testimony regarding uh, the COVID pandemic and the vaccines and so on. The truth is coming to light a little slowly, but it still is emerging. And we're doing our best here to shine light on it. That's why we've got covers like this. If you don't don't have a, a subscription to this magazine, the tagline here, tomorrow's news today. You need it. <laughs> you need it. You can get to it online. Go to thetrumpet.com. But the 800 number here for a one-year subscription, a free one-year su- subscription at that, it's one 930 As I say, more commentators are awaking to the fact that Joe Biden's the puppet and that Barack Hussein Obama, the dear leader, he is the puppet master Listen to this conservative talk show host, Wayne Root, what he said the other the other day. This might have even been yesterday. Clip five. This was Iran's attack. Iran gave the green light. They needed the green light from Iran before they butchered and raped and murdered and beheaded and burned all those innocent, unarmed Jewish people. So the fact that we would give 10 billion, I said this yesterday, it's Obama. Obama is in charge of this country. You know who's in charge of Obama? Lucifer, the devil, Satan. That's who's in charge of Obama. Obama's running the, running the country, and Lucifer is running Obama. That is so clear to me, and it's been clear. I was the first one in America who said it back in 2008, 2009. I raised the alarm. 
I said, this guy is the Manchurian candidate. It, it's just incredible to me that the American people don't understand Biden's not the president of the United States. Obama's the president of the United States. Obama was raised in madrasas, Muslim schools in Indonesia as a child. Well, I don't think he was the first one to say it, but, but still, what a statement. Obama's running the country and the devil's running Obama? That's this, this right here. This is from uh, a letter my father wrote in 2008. This was before Obama was even inaugurated, some six months before. It says, Mr. Obama says he's going to bring the races together, but we're seeing actions that will do just the opposite. That was in June of, of uh, 2008. Listen to this next clip. This is from a couple nights ago. The same talk show host, Clip 7. This entire country is at each other's throats. This is all Barack Obama. And you go, where did you get that from, Wayne? First of all, Obama's the president. Obama is the real president. Get it out of your mind and out of your mouth that Joe Biden's the president. Joe Biden isn't the president of anything. He's a puppet. And the words coming out of his mouth are Barack Obama. Barack Obama is calling the shots. He's in control. And Obama wanted to divide this nation badly because when a nation is divided, this is all communist principles. When a nation is divided, it falls and it's easy to take it over. And that's what's happening. That's uh, even going back to earlier statements. I gave this to you yesterday, Herbert Armstrong and what he said, particularly in that quote from 1956. I mean, again, that's that's almost 70 years ago talking about the communist infiltration of the United States. And the goal is to divide and conquer from within. The goal is to bring down the system. The co communist ideology, if, if, you, if we understand it, it's not, he's not coming in as president in 2009 to actually uh, heal the divisions. It's to cause division. This is what my father said in that co-worker letter from June 2008. Listen to this. Many people believe that Mr. Obama is going to greatly improve race relations, but our racial problems are going to rapidly get much worse. He's going to make matters worse. That's 15 years ago. That's spot on. That's, that's tomorrow's news today. And then my father brings in the spiritual dimension. Same article. It says here, Satan the devil is very skilled at exploiting this kind of an emotion-filled issue. He is the God of this world and really knows how to manipulate people who have a lot of hate. Satan's the God of this world. Satan manipulates people. It is true that Barack Obama is running the country and the devil is running him. The devil's behind it. His goal is to blot out even the name of Israel. That's 2 Kings 14. My father also wrote, this is from 2008. He speaks about Jeremiah Wright and Barack Obama's some, something like 20-year relationship with this racist pastor. It says here, Mr. Obama, who has given little explanation for his close association with Mr. Wright, continues to enjoy tremendous support among Democrats. This, again, was before the election. We were, we were, as best we could, sounding the alarm. It says, this presidential election is different than any other. It is revealing a lot of racism in America. 
But here's the hidden danger. It's also inflaming more racism as it continues. It says, if you sit in the congregation of a hateful racist for 20 years, have him marry you and baptize your children, isn't it likely that some of that racism will infect you? Yes, indeed. It says, in Mr. Obama's case, it's much more so since his father deserted him at the age of two. And yes, that uh, commentator there commented on uh, Obama's years in Indonesia and in, in Muslim populated areas and so on. It says, this was a young, pliable man desperately searching for a father figure, and he found one in Jeremiah Wright. Imagine, imagine the father figure being Jeremiah Wright. There's no evidence that Barack Obama ever challenged one of Jeremiah Wright's racist, hateful views. Nobody vetted him. Really, the, the, the regime media didn't even go after Jeremiah Wright like they should have. I know they went through, you know, all the public announcements of, well, we're severing ties with Jeremiah right now. But there were no denunciations of his Marxist, you know, ideology. It says here, if Mr. Obama really disagreed with Wright, how could he not speak up? Surely this is directly tied to the leadership potential of this man who would be president. Certainly this reveals some strong insights into his views about race, foreign policy, and many other issues. My father said the race card's going to be played often for political gain, and it's gain, sorry, and it's going to cost America dearly. Really, I mean, you see a lot of this same Marxist ideology in the shocking reaction of Western nations in, uh, in response to Hamas's invasion of Israel. That's now to be completely overlooked as the focus is situated right on Gaza and the Palestinian people and, and the need for a two-state solution as Joe Biden, he said it there even in the opening montage. We got to have two states. This is the only thing that will solve the conflict between the Palestinians and the Jews. And as I pointed out earlier this week, I mean, they've had so many offers for statehood and they've rejected them time and time and time again. PJ Media, the love bonds between Palestinians and Leninists. The love, the connection between the Palestinians and Marxism. You see some of the same elements Taking to the streets. You saw it last night in D.C., right outside the DNC headquarters. These radicals play the, the clip of the Hamas supporters outside DNC last night, clip two. We are outside the DNC. We're outside the Democratic Party headquarters because this party claims to be on the side of life and peace and equality. And we're saying that we want them to live up to their values and oppose this horrific war and call for a ceasefire now. And we're being Peacefire would rather beat up pro 
guys. Chicken food. I think the Democrat Party has a, a real problem on, it, on its hands here because you, you see what these radicals are calling for. People inside, by the way, they, they were barricaded inside locked doors and locked offices because of this crowd. The police said that, that at least 150 of them were protesting illegally and violently. You think Chris Ray is going to unleash the biggest investigation in, in the FBI's history? For these protesters, as I've said over and again this week, not all protests are treated the same way. Certainly not. Fox News. Representative Rashida Tlaib is part of a secret social media group in which its members have glamorized Hamas in its war battle with Israel after the terror group attacked and killed hundreds of innocent Israeli civilians last month. She's part of a group, a social media group that, that glamorizes Hamas. And she's a congresswoman representing Michigan in the United States. Someone asked her yesterday, are you a, an anti-Semite? She couldn't answer it. She can't answer it because you don't want to say publicly that you, that you hate Jews. Just do it in a secret social media site. Notice this from the IDF. Whenever I see these clips, I think, where, where's the, the regime news media coverage? Well, I know where it is. It's not, it's not interested in, you know, a Hamas terrorist hiding, hiding rockets under his, his baby girl's crib or underneath a hospital or actually right there within the hospital. The IDF yesterday, they filmed this this clip, it's a, it's a continuous clip. There's no editing. He didn't, now, we, for our purposes, we had to uh, cut it together. We just can't play all the time. We don't have time to play all of it. But this is from a continuous video clip of the IDF going through a Gaza hospital and just pointing out all the, uh, the weapons that are there right next to the MRI machine, for example. This is clip three. Shalom everyone, Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan from the IDF here. I am in the Shifa Hospital, as you can see from the sign behind me, and as you can clearly see from the building, we are going to do a one-shot video. One shot, no editing of all of the evidence that we have found just now in this building of the Shifa What we have found, I think, is only the tip of the iceberg. Let me show you a few examples. Security cameras have been obstructed. All of the security cameras are uh, covered. We're now, as you can see, in an MRI room. I don't know when this was used the last time. I don't know when it was used the last time, but it is definitely an MRI machine. And if you follow me behind the MRI machine, I'll show you what our troops exposed just minutes ago. In military terms, this is a grab bag. Grab and go. There is a, an AK-47. There are cartridges, am, ammo. Uh, there are uh, grenades in here. Of course, uniforms. And all of that, this was hidden very conveniently, secretly behind the MRI machine. As you can see, the rest of the equipment here is proper hospital equipment, right? Bandages and medical gear. 
Uh, it seems as if there's no real shortage because there's a lot of uh, equipment here. All of the cameras have been obstructed. You can see there's black uh, tape covering it. And when our troops open this uh, closet here, which is in the main part of the clinic, this is what they found. These weapons have absolutely no business being inside a hospital. Another MRI machine where behind it we also found a contraband similar to what you saw in the other areas. Up here on top of a spare part of the uh, MRI department we found another grab bag. This is, it's empty because we emptied it. The contents of the bag are full military kit for one Hamas terrorist. A live grenade ammunition, fighting vest with insignia, boots and of course uniforms, and last but not least, standard AK-47. Inside the hospital, hidden in a secluded area, take a look at this door here. Blast-proof door, which is part of the clinic and part of the infrastructure of the hospital. Everything else looks like a hospital, only this part doesn't. Yeah, and it violates international law, but they do this because as we quoted from some source earlier this week, the only war that they can win is the propaganda war. So this kind of video footage, it's ignored by the regime media. And at the same time, you've got the same media jumping to conclusions anytime the Gaza Health Ministry says, hey, they've bombed a hospital. L listen, at least the BBC apologized for the mistake. Listen to this reporting, jumping as soon as Reuters says it. But keep in mind that in some of the structures in Gaza, Reuters, the AP, they've got offices just down the hallway from the Hamas offices. So here is the BBC taking Reuters' word for it straight up. They actually got it confused. They went and reported it gleefully. And then they had to come back and correct the record, clip 11. We are hearing from Reuters that is reporting that Israel, it says its forces are carrying out an operation against Hamas in Gaza's Al-Shifa hospital. And they are targeting people, including medical teams, as well as Arab speakers. Uh, they are also saying that Israel is calling on all Hamas operatives in the hospital to surrender at this point. And now uh, an apology from the BBC. A BBC News, uh, as it covered uh, initial reports that Israeli forces has entered Gaza Gaza's main hospital. We said that medical teams and Arab speakers were being targeted. This was incorrect and misquoted a Reuters report. We should have said IDF forces included medical teams and Arabic speakers for this operation. So we apologize for this error, which fell below our usual editorial standards. Of course, yeah, very, very, very high standards. Why is it when they make a mistake, it always favors Hamas? Does, does a mistake ever favor the Jews? Does a mistake ever favor Donald Trump or MAGA? No. It's all one-sided. Notice, I mean, you couldn't be more wrong, could you? The IDF, they went in there and they went after health officials and Arab translators. In fact, the IDF went in there with health officials and Arab translators to help those who need it, who might have been caught up in the crossfire. That's how precise the IDF has to be. I mean, you've got video evidence of them storing all these weapons next to the MRI machine. And then there's the BBC saying they're, they're bombing hospitals. 
They're targeting health officials. They're targeting the poor translators. No, no bias, of course, no bias motivates that kind of just outlandish, outlandish reporting. <laughs> Brian Stelter, by the way, he made a comeback briefly yesterday. I think he's still out of work. But listen to what he said about his former employer, CNN, clip 12. Do you think that there are any people on CNN who are overtly biased? I really, truly don't. And they fired me. And I'm telling you, I really, truly don't. <laughs> Laugh out loud. That's, that's comedy gold right there. No bias, no overt bias whatsoever at, uh, at CNN. He says he'll come back to CNN if there's a, a place for him. He'll let bygones be bygones. Hopefully, they'll let him remain where he's been the past many months. This is from Fox News regarding next year's presidential election. It says, while the 2024 presidential election still looks most likely to be a nail-biter, the two primary contests are currently blowouts. Former President Donald Trump leads the GOP nomination race with the backing of a record 62% of Republican primary voters in a new Fox News survey. 60, it's a blowout. And yet we're still treated, on the Grabian email each morning, we're still treated to all these sound bites from Chris Christie, of all things. He says, if you don't, if you don't worship Donald Trump, he will do anything. If you don't kiss his backside, I think that's, that, that's how he put it. Donald Trump will say or do anything. Chris Christie is pulling in like 1% or 2%. He, he also said that Nikki Haley and DeSantis seem to be duking it out for uh, number two, but I'm, I'm uh, the only one that's actually going for Donald Trump. I mean, it's laughable. But we're to continue on with this because of how many people, how many powerful people, even in the Republican Party, how many of them hate Donald Trump. They won't come together and unify around, even though ordinary Americans have. Just going back to that uh, protest that, that bit the Democrat Party from behind uh, there in D.C. last night. This is a real problem for the Democrat Party, for the fake president, for the dear leader. Because their base, their base is being exposed as lovers of Hamas. They love Hamas. And that doesn't set well with too many people in the United States. It doesn't set well with, uh, with too many people that are sort of in the middle somewhere. So there, and then there's those other studies or polls, as we've reported on here, talking about how the support for Donald Trump in the African-American community, it's gone from 8% up to 22%. Same trend for Latinos. I mean, you're seeing it right across the board because, I mean, you're just seeing so much violence and hatred and illegal activity and lawlessness at the southern border. And, and then just plain, I mean, I played the montage yesterday. They nearly came to fisticuffs in the, in the, in the Senate room, the Senate chambers, or, or at least where the hearing was being held. But then how many, how many actual fights are you just seeing all over the place? They're just filling up Twitter's timeline now. 
There's a spirit behind all of this. The devil is the god of this world. He's the father of lies and murder. I mean, these are sobering times. These are sobering times. And it was a, a, a similar time in 68 uh, with uh, Nixon's election, where you just saw all these protests sweeping across the country. And, and people around the country were thinking, what, well, we're, everything's unraveling. We need a law and order president to come in. Well, as you know, we've, we've talked often on this show about the return of Donald Trump and the, the war that he has to wage to make his way uh, back. There, there will be a lot to watch, <laughs> to watch for and to pray about, as Jesus said there in Luke 21, as we continue on through these next 12 months. When we come back, I think we will get to some of that content that's been piling up on uh, the COVID scamdemic and then the, uh, the vaccine and all of these side effects. It's, again, it's starting to be exposed, not, not nearly as much as it should be, because, again, you've got the regime media that just ignores it. But we'll cover some of those stories that we've been keeping our eye on the last few days. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. Do you believe the United States of America has been mainly a positive force in the world for most of its history? Do you believe that America was at one time a great nation? The United States of America was founded on many biblical principles that were incorporated into the Constitution. This lent to its success and positive influence in the world. But the America of then is not the America of today. To anyone examining the current state of America, this should be alarming. It has been a great nation in time past and is experiencing a temporary resurgence in these end times, but it will only be exactly that, temporary. Our free booklet, Great Again, will explain America's status. It will prove that God has been intimately involved in the rise and resurgence of America under President Donald Trump. It will also explain why God is saving America temporarily, how he was doing it, and what is yet to come in America. There is a spiritual dimension to America's rise and decline as a superpower. This free booklet will explain this dimension and how God will soon make America truly great again. Request your free copy of our book, Great Again, at our website, thetrumpet.com. I mean, realistically, if the vaccines are safe and effective, why do they need liability shield? I mean, why do we need 50 layers of liability for something that was so safe and so effective? Why is it that we passed law after law after law way before this whole COVID thing was going down to ensure that this sort of liability protection might be in place? That's uh, Tom Renz there. He's an, uh, an attorney in Ohio. He's been an outspoken critic of, uh, of COVID, what led up to it, how that it was man-made, and, and then what the vaccines are, as you heard there. Why are there all of these liability layers? You, you can't go after Pfizer. You can't go after Moderna. And yet they tell us that the vaccines are completely safe. This is from Miranda Devine at the New York Post. 
She says, the Justice Department has just posted a new jobs ad. It's looking for eight new attorneys to defend the federal government in vaccine injury cases. Presumably, the hiring spree is in anticipation of a surge of COVID vaccine lawsuits as people who were forced by government mandates to take the jab. That's the key point there. These people that are experiencing all these these (laughs) deadly side effects, or at least damaging, they can't go after the makers of the vaccines, but in this case, they're going after the federal government because the DOD forced them to take the jab or else they lose their jobs, they lose their livelihoods. And so now you've got the Justice Department, uh, or the, yeah, the DOJ, I think I said DOD. You've got the Justice Department, they're hiring all these attorneys, and of course they've got an unlimited budget. So they'll have the very best attorneys, they need eight of them right now, and to, bracing themselves for all of the lawsuits. It says here, those that suffered serious side effects as a result, as they try to extract compensation for a system or from a system that is stacked against them. They're going up against the law, but some of them are doing it. It says here, the office is currently expanding to address workload created by an increase in cases filed under the Vaccine Act, reads uh, the ad posted by the torts branch of the DOJ. (laughs) They've got help wanted ads out just to try to defend themselves now against all of these vaccine injuries. Coming back to Tom Renz, he testified yesterday there at Capitol Hill. Uh, This is an article he wrote uh, previous to the testimony. He said, Fauci and the DOD made it possible for Echo Health Alliance to create uh, SARS-CoV-2 in the Wuhan lab. So he's making these claims saying, look, the, the federal government's behind all of this. They were working in conjunction with the Wuhan lab, and if they're sending out these kinds of technologies or helping in a joint effort to create uh, a COVID, uh, some kind of a COVID sickness or disease, he says, "You, you, you better be sure that the Department of Defense knew about this and signed off on it. Renz wrote, we know that COVID-19 was created in the Wuhan lab So just start with what you know. It was created in the Wuhan lab and that it was made possible by our own Department of Defense with American grants, funding, and technology. The recent Senate bill that passed unanimously to declassify Wuhan leaked documents will show China's involvement in the creation of SARS-CoV-2, but not the role of our government. I mean, think about this with respect to yesterday, rolling out the red carpet. Did, did the fake president get to ask President Xi about the fact that China, leave aside the DOD, the fact that China created COVID and it's supposed to have killed millions worldwide, right? He testifies, Tom Renz does yesterday. His focus wasn't so much on China. It was on the federal government. The Department of Defense. Listen to this from yesterday's testimony, clip eight. Do you understand that when you got, well, I don't know if you got the shot. When, when someone went got the shot, they didn't get it from Pfizer or Moderna. They got it from the DOD. 
The DOD distributed this. The contract with our federal government requires it to distribute this. The DOD had to ensure that there was uh, absolute immunity. So before we could, if you want to sue someone right now, you're going to have to sue the DOD. Good luck. If you get through them by proving intentionality, which is very difficult without the data, which they continue to hide. Uh, this is why I'm encyclopedic in my knowledge of what occurred, because I've been trying to figure out how to sue these guys, and I have to get the data to prove the intentionality. I will tell you that I think there's a number of claims. I've looked at a RICO claim, which I think I could credibly make. I'll tell you that that claim would cost me 5 to $8 million my cost to litigate. I don't have 5 to $8 million. And if I didn't have 5 to $8 million, I'd risk sanctions because I'd be bringing a case that I couldn't manage. So you've got, in the case of Pfizer and Moderna, you've got all of these shields, these uh, liability shields. And then the DOD, I mean, you're going up against the federal government where they've got an unlimited budget and they're going to have the very best attorneys. And then for your part, if you bring up the RICO case or whatever this guy's going to go with, you've got to have yourself, you've got to have five to eight million dollars. You, you see how the system is stacked against ordinary Americans, just like it, just like it was with January 6th. And is, they continue to go after people that's, that spray the pepper spray. And, and then they wonder, the ruling class, they wonder why Donald Trump is so popular. This, I mean, the communists are in control and they're untouchable. <laughs> that's why none of them are ever uh, sent to prison. You, you can't get to them. You ask Chris Ray a question, he says, I can't get into that. I just can't answer it. What, what about all the terrorists that are just streaming across the country? It used to be 10, the southern border. It used to be 10 or 12. Now it's like uh, approaching 300. I can't get into that. So that's, uh, that's outside of my lane. So you, you just can't get answers. Let's hope Representative Higgins uh, brings the receipts, at least with respect to the FBI informants that infiltrated the uh, January 6th protest. One more clip here from Tom Renz, clip nine. Does anybody in this room believe that we could transfer the technology necessary to do that sort of genetic engineering, that sort of bioweapon development? And I say bioweapon because remember, dual use research under the law, bioweapon gain of function, two sides of the same coin. Does anybody believe that we transferred that sort of technology to a CCP lab without an okay from the DOD or CIA? I got news for you. They knew exactly what was going on. We have a ton of evidence on this. They knew, you see, they knew what they were doing. We're sending the technology to create the COVID virus. We're, we're sending it to Wuhan. Of course, the DOD and the CIA knew all about it. But all those agencies have been thoroughly weaponized by the dear leader, Barack Hussein Obama. This comes from CNN. COVID's, uh, the COVID shots may slightly increase risk of stroke in older adults. Slightly increased risk. So, the, so they're coming around, the regime, because they've got all these numbers, the increase in, in deaths, that sort of thing, all these injuries. It says here, vaccines for COVID-19 and influenza may slightly increase the risk of strokes caused by blood clots in the brains of seniors, particularly those when, particularly when the two vaccines are given at the same time. People going in, hey, you're getting your flu shot? Get, get the COVID one too. Why not? 
And then they talk about the blood clots, slightly risk or slightly increase the risk for heart problems. It says here, it's the second study to find an elevated risk of stroke for seniors after COVID-19 and flu vaccinations given together. Well, that's from CNN. And of course, they're going to still provide as much cover for big pharma as possible. I saw a, a graphic the other day showing just how much big pharma contribute, contributes to the political cam- campaigns of Democrats and Republicans. And it was roughly the same. <laughs> it was roughly the same. This is why you really don't see politicians speaking out. They won't say anything. Good old Republican boys, they won't say a thing. Just continue on and we'll pretend that everything's perfect, right? How, how often have we heard that? This one here from news.com AU, I think that's down in Australia. It says here, a multi-million dollar legal case leveled at British pharmaceutical giant AstraZeneca. So maybe the British, they don't have as many uh, liability shields. A multi-million dollar legal case against AstraZeneca. They made a vaccine for the COVID as well. The landmark high court case was initiated by UK father, Jamie Scott, who suffered a permanent brain injury from a blood clot after receiving the vaccine in April of 2021. Not going to hear much about this from the BBC or, or, or CNN. It goes on and gives more details saying how, how important this case could be with the respect of or with respect to all of the UK. So we'll try to keep our eyes on that as well as any reporting that you get here in the States regarding the damaging side effects of these vaccines. And in some cases, the deadly effects of these drugs. Sorry to end on such a negative note, but we will keep striving to find that balance from one show to the next. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow.